Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. And in this episode, we've got a really special episode. We're talking about a couple of, um, probably the first of the supercars that came out. One was the Lamborghini Mura, which we haven't spoken about much. Absolutely beautiful. And the Ferrari Daytona. But along with the special cars we're talking about, we've got a special guest. Uh, Mario, you've probably heard mentioned before. Mario from Veloci Motorsport. So he's here uh, had the pleasure of having both in his workshop at some stage. Uh, Ori, what do you think? I'd say these are two iconic cars when you talk about the history of Ferrari, the history of Lamborghini. You cannot go without talking about the Mura and, you know, the Daytona. And then we, I haven't definitely driven one. I've been lucky enough to see them live. I don't think, Mick, you've driven any of those two Neither cars. Neither one. Neither. So to have an expert technician who's worked on both cars here, driven both cars, knows both cars ins and out. I think that's what our listeners want to listen to. So how about we get uh, Mario's opinion? Mario. Welcome, Mario. Welcome, thanks, Mario. guys. Yes. Thanks, Mick, and thanks, Ori. Where do we start? Uh, well, we start really um, because, you know, Ferrari and Lamborghini, Ferrari didn't want to go for the mid-engine car, and Lamborghini bought out what they sort of call the first supercar. Yeah, and it was a transverse engine, Michael, as you know. It was east-west, not north-south like the Daytona. So it was very different. And it was a bit groundbreaking, I suppose, at the time for a, for a supercar to have its engine in the rear east-west. Which one came out first? Which one was the first to market? Was Daytona before no. Mura or Mura before Daytona? Or they actually hit the same time? Uh, the Mura came out first. The Mura came out first, at, In 66. And so I the whole world the, was like... and. Uh, Enzo Ferrari didn't want to put the horse behind the cart, so he... He always said that the horse pulls the cart, exactly wow. right. Wow, okay. Yeah, so the um, Daytona came out in 71. That's correct. Yeah, um, that had uh, more produced than what the uh, Mura had. The Mura had less than 800, I think. And we're talking about the road cars, not the special editions or anything. So less than 800 across the S and the SV of the Mura? The All standard, total make the P400, the S... And the SV. Actually, Less yes, than 800. Yeah, I think 742 or something now that you say that because that special book got released and that's how many copies they made. That's so. right. And, and Lamborghini never really campaigned the car as a racing car, Michael Ori. They it, they did have a couple of very special cars. They had a couple of special designers within Lamborghini that made a couple of very special uh, Jalpa. Uh, uh, Jalpa, uh, yeah. I think yep. one was called. Uh, but then really never... Never saw the racetrack, but, you know, as we know, that's one of the prettiest cars in the world. It is. And the, the Ferrari certainly did. They had the Comitacioni. Absolutely. They, they brought out yeah. and things like yeah. that. But we're really talking about the road cars. But, you, you know, like I already said, you were fortunate enough to not only work on them, but drive them. Very lucky to be, to be able to have worked and driven both. Um, probably more Daytonas than Muras. Um, both very, very special cars. Um both quite complex cars. The Mura itself is um, a little special because I think the Mura was something that was brought to the world by Ferruccio to show what was really capable of a supercar. Yeah, very different car. It's uh, to work on with its transverse engine. You know, changing spark plugs, for example, is uh, a mechanical technician's nightmare, especially the inner bank, which I've done on the road as well. Um, so, actually, let's go back. So, how long have you been a technician? A mechanic working on these cars, Ferrari, now Lamborghini. Now you're showing my age, no, let's, Because I'd love to know, the first one to come through the workshop that you get, how many years' experience did you have before a Lamborghini Mura comes under your hands? In a short nutshell, I, I've been working as a technician now for a round number, almost 30 years. Um, started off briefly working mainly with Alfa Romeo. Um, that was my where I started my core. And very, very quickly progressed to... 
to the supercars. So yeah, a few years. five years. Yeah, experience, and then and then the Lamborghini Miura hits you. It's things that you've seen on a poster. Murray. Started with Ferrari actually, and okay. then and then yes, then Lamborghini hit me. Yeah. So when that Lamborghini Miura comes, and you are now going to change the spark plugs or have a look. What, what was that feeling like? I suppose it's like a lot of things. The, the first one or two you do, guys, is is really emotional. It's, there's, you know, it, for lovers of the cars, it's hard to explain, but it's it's quite an emotional experience, you know, to have, oh, wow, look at this, this is what I'm doing. This is you know, what I was thinking about as a little boy looking at it in magazines, and here I am about to sit in and go for a drive. And the drive, we're not talking about going around the uh, block. You have actually driven it to some distance to Melbourne, 800 kilometres or so. Mick, I was very, very lucky. I took a Mura, a very special Mura, if we can mention that Mura. It was a Mura that was owned by Twiggy, the supermodel in the 60s. Uh, I took that car to Melbourne in 2013, to be exact, to Motor Cluster. Uh, it was on there on display. It also was part of, part of an auction, but I ideally say that probably it was there to draw the crowds more than anything. And lucky enough, we, we trucked it over. Um, you know, it was all pretty in a truck, and I was lucky enough to drive it home. So, wow. so that would be Australia's most famous mural that would have been here at de- the time. Definitely, definitely. With uh, the provenance and who owned yeah. it and things like that. And that was green with that orange line or red line yeah, down the middle. Yeah, exactly right. And a little bit of history there too, Ori, was it? I think it was in Australia for about 34 years of it, of its ownership by one owner in particular. Uh, Twiggy may have owned it for a year, a year and a bit. Then a, a supposedly her manager owned it for a year and then it ended up in Australia with one, one owner and then it's sort of lived with one family for most of its life And that was recently. the original colour, was it? No. It left the factory. The story says it left the factory as a white Mura S. She didn't like it and sent it back. And to Lamborghini. Back to Lamborghini to have it repainted. And the colour says the era, doesn't it? it yeah. The oh, colour says it's green, it's me, it's got an orange stripe. Yeah, so it wasn't repainted red, you know, the resale red. It no, was actually painted right. what she wanted. Yeah. yeah, the sad part was there was a few copies at the time through the years. Uh, people were claiming they had the Mura that Twiggy owned, but the records say that the one that was here in South Australia was was the real deal. And, and comparing that Mura, I mean, you drove that one back to Adelaide, I assume. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the Daytonas, you've actually driven there and back. The Daytonas, I was lucky to do the same thing, Mick. I was able to drive uh, a Daytona to Victoria and back, which was a, a wonderful experience in itself and very, very different car. Right? To, to compare them very quickly, the, the Mura, and they both, to be fair to each other, have similar power. They, they do have similar power and similar torque, but the Mura respectfully, isn't probably as well-balanced as the Daytona. The Daytona having its engine at the front, its transaxle at the rear, is a really well-balanced car, a car that you can drive at 100 or 150 kilometres an hour without thinking too much about it. It just does it for you. And what about things like um, the steering in the Daytona, Would I assume, would be fairly heavy? Parking speed heavy, Ori. Um, sorry, Mick, parking speed heavy, but once you're rolling, it's, it's very, very light. The Mura is light all round. Um, from standstill, it's a much lighter car on the steering, but both of them at speed have have lovely steering control and in terms of driving for so many hours how do you feel getting out of the cars because everyone yeah, talks about that that's yeah. a great question that's a great question well i i actually got out the mirror a bit buckled over let's call um looking forward to getting out and actually standing up it was it's a very different position and also a little bit daunting because it's so low. It's really seriously low. You're almost laying back a You're little bit more in the back. mirror, aren't you? Nothing Compared more, to the Daytona, yes. Yeah. Nothing more frightening, Ori, when you're having a big truck come up alongside you or even trying to get past you and you feel like an ant. It's uh, But, yeah, wonderful car, wonderful car. And those trips, did you do that with a passenger? The Daytona trip I did on with a passenger. 
Uh, I drove it. I had a passenger with me. With the Mura trip, I did it on my own. Okay, that would have been a bit daunting too. Something goes wrong, you're stuck on the side of the road and you think someone's got to go and get With something. a car that's so well, unique. The, the Mura trip was uh, unique in that uh, on the way home, I uh, le- left Victoria a little late and so I drove most of it in the dark. And with two candle lights at the front, that's yeah, really that's what right. it was like, no real headlights. And usually you're driving with the high beams on and no one really notices it. But uh, a little daunting coming down back into Adelaide in the dark, but a lot of fun. Lot and of fun. some of the things, I mean, you've, as you said, you've worked on them, you serviced them, and things like the mid-engine, you know, they talk about catching on fire and things like that. So what would you have done to make sure that it's, you know, roadworthy and things haven't deteriorated, or if they have, what do you do? Great question. Look, I think one of the biggest problems with those cars, the Mirror is in fact more than the Daytona because everything's crammed, crammed in under that, let's call it the clamshell, as everybody knows, is the heat, engine heat, you know, exhaust, all the heat. So the thing with those is, and of course, let's not forget all the carburetors on the engine, you know, all the multiple carburetors and all the hoses and all the hose fittings. Every service, you must check, you must look at those hoses, you must look at those clamps, you know, and most times you just change them. All the time. Still the same thing, service once a year with those sorts of cars, same, Daytona and Same Euro? thing, Ori. Once a year, most of those cars and their owners don't do the mileage, but again, once a year. For, for, for safe travels, you know, you, you really got to have them in once a year. So before that long trip driving it to Melbourne, you obviously serviced them before. Absolutely. You took them, got them ready. And when they, you delivered them over there or whatever, another pretty little quick service tweak just well, to make sure. Well, both cars, with, both cars came back to Adelaide. So... On the return leg, we did exactly the same thing. We brought them back to the workshop and went over them again because even though they did, you know, the, the kilometres, um, not a lot of kilometres, but we looked at them again. Any issues? Anything come up with both of those? The Daytona had a little bit of a coolant leak on the way home. Um, oh, sorry, when it arrived. Um, nothing major. Um, a little hose, which we took care of straight away. But no, they both performed beautifully. I mean, we've talked about the differences between both the Mura and the, and the Daytona, one being front engine, one being mid-engine or rear engine, or it's mid-engine, of course. What about the, just quickly, on the car that came after the Daytona, which was the BB? Now, that was a mid-engine that probably Ferrari sort of built because it had to compete with the Mura, I suppose. Um, now, I know you've had a couple of those. I, I yeah. have had a couple of those, Michael, and... I think they, by the time the BB came along, I think the the whole idea of the rear-engined car had come a long way. And again, let's remember that the the BB was a north-south engine, not a transverse engine. So the rear wheels were pushed right back. So most of that engine was really inside the cabin. So it brought a new level of balance, unlike yeah. the Mura. So it was a real mid-engine. A real not- mid-engine car, yeah. Whereas if you look at the, the Mura... Most of that engine is is very close to that rear axle, and hence why you, you read about the the nose lift on those cars at high speed. Which um, luckily I've never had to. They, did they ever race the Muras like they did the Daytonas? No. no. My understanding is that Lamborghini didn't look at racing that much compared to Ferrari. And so they never done Le Mans. They never done because Daytona did. Daytona did. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the history shows that Daytona name actually came from a win in Daytona. Yeah, the the uh, the Daytona the, the one two three. Yeah, that tone of win. It's still an unbelievable car, the Mura, right? Even not having that pedigree of racing, it is one of those iconic cars. You wouldn't have seen many of them. You've started out, you know, you've working 5, 10, 15 years. Ferrari, you can go back to the factory and you've been a few times. I know you've visited Ferrari and you must probably visit Lamborghini too. But who do you call? Who do you, Who's your reference point when you're working on these cars if you need to ask a question on some of these things? Well, 
Good question too. Look, over the years, you, you build relationships with all sorts of people, Ori, be it the factory, technicians interstate, local technicians. Uh, there's just uh, a group of people that, that you, you talk to and they talk to you, you know, if and when the, when the, when the help is needed. So it must be a little close-knit group of yeah, neurotechnicians that yeah. can help each other. Because, I mean, you know what I'm saying, Michael? Who do you go to? You yeah, know? I think you, you either got to have experience with um, your off-siders, your peers that have, have worked on them somewhere, whether it's interstate or overseas. Uh, but, you know, you would have been able to ring some of these people and say, look, I've got this problem and that, especially if you're ordering parts or something like well, that. And that's exactly what happens, Mick. It, uh, you know, there, there is, uh, you talked about supplies there, and there is specific supplies for these cars, the guys that really know these cars backwards as well. So you can talk to them, and sometimes they help you with, with the answers as well. So, yeah. And are parts for a Mura easy to come by? Now they are. Wow. Yeah, okay. Because it's become it's become an icon. It's a car. It's a, it's a, it's something really special. It's a, a true thoroughbred. Um, a true racing classic. Lo- it's a classic. Like a lot of these cars, Ori, you know, now they have some status and, you know, there's everything available for them, everything. And let's not forget that a lot of the manufacturers, look, I can't comment about Lamborghini, but I know Ferrari – We'll make you a component for your classic car. So it doesn't matter what you need, they'll make they'll it. Make I mean, it. it might take a while and cost you a few dollars, yeah, but, but they'll make, they'll make it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times they'll go back to their records, especially Ferrari, and look at simple things like the type of aluminium used on that particular car in the era, and they can reproduce that as well to be really authentic. Yeah, I remember when I went to the classic department there when they were restoring some of the cars there, talking to the, um, the lovely lady that took me around. Uh, she said, look, no problem. They'll make anything. They've got all the paperwork for it, all the drawings for it. So they'll make anything to to make sure your car is kept as original as possible. Look, I think yeah, with that the the classic department has got the history on your vehicle, and Lamborghini have got a special historical department they also, do. which has got all the history regarding these cars. And when there's only 780 of them, 740 of them, whatever the number is, 760, you'd think that'd be quite easy to find the information on those 760 cars that are so, you know, yes, rare, but people want to know. They want to know. Right. Yeah. yeah. And what I find interesting about the design of these cars, reading some documentaries or watching some documentaries sometimes, is the designers back then, you know, it was either Pininfarina, really, the main ones, or Bertone, oh. but it wasn't actually Pininfarina and Bertone that designed them like in uh, it wasn't known who actually really designed it it's just the design team or the design on behalf member, of yeah, a staff member but it came out later that Marcello Gandini did the Mura. the Mura and, and uh, Fioranti did the the Daytona. Daytona and what's good about that I like that about much he also did the 308 GT4 the Dino mate you <laughs> there, know, so there so are some that lines same, there that are yeah. similar we can see the similarities yeah, yeah see the similarities there's not as many curves but anyway but I'll right. tell you to, to go back you, I didn't answer a question before in regards to the Mura Mick is that the interior compartments of the two cars The for me the Mura inside is absolutely stunning it really is almost aircraft-like cockpit, just the way you sit and, and how you're split between you and your passenger and the big console in the middle. It's very, very different to the... To the but middle. I find, you know, you mentioned that big console doesn't seem as refined as what the Ferraris did. You know, even the gated shifter, it's a bit bulkier. Very, very true, uh, Mick. 
what I find with the Mura at first, the first time you ever sit in one, it gives you the feeling that we're going to go really fast here. You know, they also have a footrest for the passenger, so he's got somewhere to... Oh, is that right? Like you do in a rally car or a race car? An adjustable footrest at that, so you can actually get yourself comfortable. And there's also a passenger's grab handle on the door where there isn't one on the driver's side, and everybody calls that the Jesus handle. Hold on. So hold on, yeah. yeah. But it's almost... The Mura looks like it's got two separate cockpits, you know, that's a, that's that's what I like about oh, yeah. it. Because the, the Daytona console. hasn't, yeah, because that console in the center and how it comes out and the gear not the gear stick lifts up to you, it feels like I agree. It feels like you're going to go fast, yeah, and they, they are wide. The two tacos, two tacos in front of you. So not, it's not two a, tacos, two uh, taco meters. Yeah, there's two. No, I think one's a speedo. One's a speedo. Oh, sorry, <laughs> one speedo and taco. But what I'm saying, there's only two two big instruments. Yeah. Two big instruments in front of you, so you're not blinded by this big cluster. And that's, of, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The, uh, sorry, Ori, is that the, the Lamborghini has got, has got a real presence about it, whereas I think the Daytona was truly meant as, as a real GT, the car that you could drive from Milan to Rome on a daily basis for work, whereas the Mura, yeah, you could do it, but it, the Mura's just had this presence about it. I think, to be fair, and I hope I'm, I'm not going to upset too many viewers, but I think the, the Daytona is probably a little more refined than the than the overall. Okay, the so here's I'm going to ask then. That's a great lead way. You've driven both of them. You've worked on both of them. You can pick one right now to own. What are you owning? Hard question to answer because my mind splits straight away. My mind says I want a Mura, but I want to drive a Daytona. Mick, not having driven any of them, I haven't just driven looks. Either. Right, it just looks alone. I've got to say the Mura is out there, you know. And I think Lamborghini generally likes to be out there with their design. Absolutely. And I think you know, again, looking at you know some of the stuff with the, the designers they were given a free range just design it whatever you like just design something and then we'll worry about it so i would i would pick the mirror but my heart said i'd want the ferrari but if you're just saying for looks alone looks alone because we haven't driven them and you know we we're ferrari ferrari passion crazy ferrari that's all we are they, we both, love it. they both represent two different they things do, they do but oh, you know you grew up always wanted daytona but now that we're seeing them a bit more doing a bit more for me, a Mura. I'd, I'd, I'd love yeah, a Yeah, you've always said that, and yeah, I can understand I just why. love the shape. It's a bit like the 246 Dino. The shape oh, is God. the shape. I'm you know, falling so. in love with the shape so much, and not having driven neither of them, but seeing them, I think just that Mura is just gorgeous to look at. I'd love it. So going back to the driving and the drivability of it, you mentioned about the, um, the, the Daytona in terms of car parking speeds, but one that you do service in the workshop has actually got power steering. That's correct. Now, that car has been fitted with Ferrari power steering, and I believe it's taken directly off a Ferrari 400, almost a one-to-one bolt-on, and that's absolutely transformed that car. It's a wonderful car to drive. And that's hydraulic then, isn't it? It's got a power steering pump. Yes, it's hydraulic. Yes, it is. And interestingly, at, I've driven that car at speed as well. It's actually just beautifully balanced, the, the, the power steering just should have been there from the start. Yeah, that's in, and that's a plexiglass glass too. That's so right. that's one of the the rarer ones. Does that deter from uh, when you go to Concorso if you've put power steering on? Because it didn't come out of the factory. Definitely, like that, right? Definitely. That's a big modification. Yeah, it is. It's it, it's a great modification. Don't get me wrong. And that modification is is one that can be removed quite yeah. quickly and simply and bring the car back to where, where it was. So it hasn't really been altered. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So Stru- we, you know, we've talked about that before about keeping uh, cars original, and if you're going to change something, change it so that it can be reversed. Exactly right. Exactly right. And you'll find too, Mick. It's if you look at the brand itself, you can quite often find components from some of their other models that can be directly removed into maybe your model. You know, so 
you can still keep it within the Ferrari group if we're talking Ferrari and not sort of stray away too much from non-original components. Yeah, you can say make it more drivable to suit yeah. the you know more modern stuff and if you're using it more than the normal. But as long as it's reversible, there's no dramas in that. And in fact, we talked about power steering. You know, Michael, if we can mention your car, your car has electric power steering and it's a wonderful modification. We've seen that not only in the GT4s but the 308s and what a transformation. And the beauty about that is you can switch it so that you can have the power steering on, on or, or off. off and you can't see it because it's electric power steering. But I think it makes it also more enjoyable to drive having that power steering. <laughs> And, and because it's, the, if it's easier to drive or you find it easier to drive, not, it's more enjoyable. The, with the Dino GT4, for example, the 308, if you kept the standard 14-inch rims with the skinnier tyres, I don't think you'd need power steering at all. That's correct. But, you know, we all want to go to end up, you know, period correct sort of thing, but 16-inch rims so the tyres get bigger. It, it does make a difference. Okay, so I'm gonna. you've got both of them in your garage and Mario is the only one that can answer this question. You're going to drive it every day. Which one are you picking? Daytona. Daytona. Okay, we've got a track day coming up. Which one are you picking? I'd have to try the Mura. Well, that's So really... you need one of each, Mick. That's it. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. You need one of each. Well, certainly, if you could have one and, of each. And the reason, I, the reason I say I want to try the Mura is because I really want to see how far you can go before the nose lifts. Yeah. Oh, because you did talk about it off, uh, yeah. off stream, that uh, the nose, nose at high lift. speed. Now, we know the Mura's got three variants. You know, the 400, the S, the SV. The Daytona's got a Spider variant. Does that drive any different to the normal Daytona Coupe? I haven't driven one, Ori, but I would predict it would be very much the same. It's probably got a little bit more drag from open cockpit, but I'm sure it would be much the same car. And maybe if, you know, you're talking about tracking it and you're pushing it at the limits, maybe it's not torsionally as strong as the Berlinetta or the, you know, the hard top. The hard top. Yeah. You know, so you might find a difference in that. The way the body works, yeah. Okay, I own both of them. Which one would you want to work on? That you say, you know, eyes closed, I can work on this car. It's just easier. Or they're both pretty simple to work on. Once you've worked on either of them, you know, for me, multiple times, it's really no difference for me. Um, I enjoy working on them both. Both of them show differences that demand different things from from a technician. And but I enjoy working on both of them. Is there anything in the engine bay when you're working on these cars and you just look at yourself and you think, "Geez, Ferrari got it right back then." You know, the the technicians, the mechanics, the people that put it together. Geez, they really done that well. And vice versa, when you work on the Lamborghini in the engine bay, you think, geez, I thought of that back then. You know, is there anything? Absolutely. Or, or absolutely. And often you look at cars, and, and that's exactly what I think. And that's one of the reasons why I like what I do is it's the engineering side of things that really, I really enjoy. And that you look at something, you think, wow, you know, somebody's thought about this, made it, and it's worked. You know, and often in that era, they'd go back and, and, and just touch it up and modify it a little bit to make it even better. And, and often you see the variants of the models, how they did do that, you know. So some, sometimes the simplest of things. So cam belts, or they got chains? They got chains. What, both of them? Both engines. So you don't have to remove the engine to make, change the chains, see, things like that. Well, the Daytona, you wouldn't have to remove the engine either anyway. Yeah. But certainly with the uh, Mura, you would. And even thinking back then, these are 60s cars, 70s cars. Now, you compare that because you would have worked on, I assume, you would have seen it through the workshops or, or whatever, you know, a standard American muscle car or Australian muscle car. The difference in technology between the Lamborghini Ferrari, let's say, that side, and an American muscle or Australian muscle? Good question, and I've got an answer. It, uh, I haven't seen a lot of them, the muscle cars, but I have you know, had some experience with some of the early Australian stuff that we've seen here, you know, with, with V8 engines, let's say. Yeah, I think they were cars that met the period here for in Australia, but they just don't have the technology. They just don't have the, the, the build quality either. Um, you know, some of the 
even some of the, the most prominent thing is probably some of the castings that we see in the Italian cars, you know, the aluminium castings of the engine blocks and, and, and transmission cases. We just never saw that here, you know. Brakes, for example, suspension, they were still, I won't say backwards, that's the wrong word. It's what we knew, what we did here, whereas they were just far more advanced in Europe. Or even disc brakes. Disc I mean, brakes, Some yeah. of the early 60s cars had disc brakes. I mean, there was I a, mean a, great, a great example of that, Michael, is let's, let's talk late 60s, with, if we can talk Fiat for five minutes. Um, the Fiat 124 that came to Australia, one of the first uh, European cars. You know, four-wheel disc brakes, quad little little uh, twin cam engine. Twin cams. You know, and if we compare to what we had here in Australia that, at the period, it probably still had four drum brakes. Yeah, for sure. And a push-rod four-cylinder engine. So, yeah. So already technologically more advanced. Yeah. The only one thing I do notice about the Australian cars of that period or the cars, even the American ones, you had a lot more space to work in the engine bay. Or oh, There's yes. a, lot a lot of space. Well, you, you can see the, the ground. You open the bonnet, you can see the ground. So, you know, to work on them, is that easier for a technician because you've got more space to work in? Yeah, well, it absolutely is. Yeah, because, I mean, if you drop your spandex, it falls to the ground, you can go around and get it. Yeah, really. here you, I agree. <laughs> with some it? of the others, you have to own a magnet as well so you can go fish around and find it. You know. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, look, Mario, it's it's really been great having you on the, the show. We've talked about it, you know, off air many times. But, look, thank you for coming in no, and pleasure. talking about two marvellous cars, the Lamborghini Mura and the Ferrari Daytona. Actually, before – you're right. There's one thing I didn't ask because we've been lucky enough – we haven't driven the Daytona, but we've driven a lot of more modern Ferraris. With the Lamborghinis, we've driven a couple of modern Lamborghinis, Michael. Have you, uh, Mario, driven any of the later – the, uh, the later Lamborghinis and what do they compare to the Mura? I have. I've driven Gallardos, Muschelagos, and Aventador. They just don't compare. They don't, they they don't compare about, to the Mura. Yeah, they don't just compare quickly, to the Mura. Just it's, yeah, it's completely different. Cars. They are talking, okay. Com- yeah, completely well, different. So, cars. but with the Daytona, you can see the evolution of the V12s. And have you've driven the F12 and you, the 812 super fast. Yeah. Is there something back there to that Daytona that do you think? I think with the reckon- Ferraris, I think there was a, there was a lot of models in between. So yes, you're right, Ari. It, they connected together really well. Whereas Lamborghini, yeah, they went to the Countach. They held the Countach for a long time and Diablo. Diablo. So yeah, it, and, and again, those cars were were different to the to the Mura. The Mura for me was the car. It, it stood alone uh, with Lamborghini. It was very very special car, special in its period and special now. But it it's hard to compare that to car with back. Yeah, to link, yeah, to but link. what about comparing it just to the Countach, which came after the Mura? I've driven a couple of Countaches. Uh, to be really fair to the Countach, lovely car, lots of power, doesn't have the visibility that the Mura has. They all know. They all talk you know, about that. You have to seriously sit on the door, door sill so you can actually reverse the car because you just can't see where you're going, and it's a bit daunting going in front in, in forward motion too because you don't know where the front front skirt is either so it's it's a di- very different car well, the Countach was a V12 or V10 because Diablo went down 12. to a V10 didn't it the, 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 the Countach was a 12 okay yeah just oh, just interesting because you know we've driven the Urus the new Lamborghini Urus the, and that's the, the only the Lamborghini Diablo was a 12 as well okay the Gallardo so, was the 10 V10 I thought, okay you know we drove that four wheel drive Urus Lamborghini that was my first Lamborghini I've ever driven to be honest and I'm like wow this is anything like what a Mura would be like but see well, that's good to know, yeah. it wouldn't compare to the Mura because it'd be totally different like if you're in the SUV the Urus the Lamborghini and then you get in the equivalent Merc or the equivalent, whatever they're different. They're going to be yeah, different, yeah. similar. They're not going to be compared to the old school. Yeah, and it's it's like the the Mura, for example. If you're driving it at any speed, you know, 
your brain says, let's just tap the brake pedal before we go for a stop. You just want to make sure the brake's there and you want to see how the car settles down. Whereas with a, a modern Lamborghini, or you just, you just Don't worry push about foot it. on the brake and let's stop. You know? So there's all those sort of things. Now you said that engine noise, Mira versus Daytona, which one is the pick? You only can pick one before we go. Mira. Well, with a Mira, don't forget, the engine's just behind your ears. It's got to be Mira. So it's yeah, pretty but close. with the engine in front, the noise is coming back towards you yeah, as you're going through that's it. That's true too, but the Mira. <laughs> anyway, we'll worry about <laughs> we'll that when that. we drive it. No, thank you, Mario. Thank you very Pleasure. much for coming in. Yeah, thank you, Ori. Thank you, uh, Mario. We'll, we'll leave it there. Like always, you can check out our Instagram page, which uh, we may have a shot of the Mura Yeah, on we'll there. definitely have a shot of the Mura. And also our website. You can contact us on our email, mickandori.com at gmail.com. And remember, if your car's not a classic, it will be one day. Thank you. Thanks, guys.